we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. Where there is love, then do what you will, it will be right action. Hello and welcome to episode 96 of Urgency of Change. Each weekly episode in this season of the Krishnamurti podcast is based on a major theme of the philosopher's talks, such as freedom, self-knowledge, beauty, intelligence and meditation. Extracts from our archives have been carefully selected to represent Krishnamurti's different approaches to each of these universal and timelessly relevant themes. This week's theme is love. Upcoming themes are conditioning, enlightenment and security. This podcast is brought to you by Krishnamurti Foundation Trust, based at Brockwood Park in the UK. For more information about activities and programmes at Brockwood, such as the Krishnamurti Retreat Centre, Brockwood Park School, and more about the Foundation, please visit our website at kfoundation.org. You can also find our daily quotes and videos on Instagram and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. This week's episode on love has five sections. The first extract is from Krishnamurti's fourth talk in Ojai, 1984, titled... What is love? Then we also should go into the question of what is love? Don't let's become sentimental about it or romantic. But when we say I love you, what do we mean by that? When a man or a woman says to the man, or man says to the woman, or, or friends says to each other, I love you, what does that mean? There's the love of a book, love of a poem, love of sports, love of sex, I love to be famous. We use this word so easily, but we have never, apparently, gone into the full meaning of it. What is, what is it to love? Love apparently has become Another means of conflict. One loves one's wife and there is conflict, there are quarrels, jealousies, antagonism, divorce and all the pain of that relationship and the pressure of it too. So we should go into this question very carefully. Because that may be the solution of all our problems. It may be the one thing when we understand when we have, when the, whether it is in the brain or outside the brain. Understand my question? Whether love is contained in the brain as thought, anxiety, pain, depression, fear, loneliness, the whole content of our consciousness. Is love part of that consciousness, you understand? Or it's outside, totally 
outside consciousness, outside the brain. Probably you have never asked the question. I hope one hopes you will not mind asking these questions. So what is love as we know it? Love brings a great deal of conflict in our life, a great deal of pleasure, a great deal of anxiety, fear, jealousy, envy. Don't you know all this? So what is, is desire love? Is pleasure love? Is love in the realm or in the field of thought? And apparently for most of us it is in that field, love conflict, pain, anxiety and thought. And to understand what love is, I'm not understand, you know, have the depth of it, the greatness of it, the flame of it, the beauty of it. How can there be jealousy? How can there be ambition? Aggression, violence. And can there be, can one be free completely of all these things? Please do ask this question. Where there is love, then there is, do what you will, it will be right action. It will never bring conflict in one's life. So it's important to see that jealousy, antagonism, conflict and all the pain of relationship has no place in love. Where there is love. And can one be free of all that? Not tomorrow, now. You understand my question? Because as you pointed out yesterday, time, which is the past, the present and the future, all time is contained in the now. We went into it carefully yesterday. And if we say, I will cultivate love or I will try and get rid of my jealousy and so on, then when you are trying to be, to be free, trying, then you will never be free. Right? I wonder if you understand this. When you say, I'll do my best, which is so silly, which means that one has really not fully perceived the truth that all time, the past, the present and the future, are in the now now, in present, actually. Because what you, if you don't do something now, it will be continued tomorrow. The future is in the now. You understand this? Come on. Hmm? So, can one put aside completely all the causes of conflict, which is the self, the me, so that there is this sense of flame, the greatness of beauty, love, 
second extract is from the sixth talk in Sanin, 1973, titled Love in Relationships. Now let's go to the next question. Consider what love is. I really don't know what it is. One can describe it, one can put it into words, in the most poetic language, using very beautiful words. But words are not love. Sentiment is not love. It has nothing to do with emotions, patriotism, with ideas. That we know very well if we go into it. So we can brush aside completely the verbal description, the images that we have built around that word, patriotism, God, work for the country, the Queen, you know, all that tubby art. And also we know, if you observe very carefully, that pleasure is not love. Can you swallow that pill? For most of us, Love is pleasure, sexual. For most of us, this pleasure has become extraordinarily important. The magazines, the absurd naked people, Everything is revolving in the Western world, and now it is pushing towards the Eastern civilization. This sense of sexual, physical pleasure. And when that is denied, oof, there is torture, violence, brutality, extraordinary emotional scenes, and all, you know what's going on. So is all that love? The pleasure of sexual act and the remembrance of it, chewing the cud over it and wanting it again. The repetition, the pursuit of pleasure. And that's what's called love. And we have made that word so vulgar, meaningless. Go and kill for the love of your country. Join this group because that loves God. So we have made that word into a terrible thing, an ugly, vulgar, brutal thing. So, what is love? What place has it in human relationship between man and woman Are you interested in all this? I'm afraid you are. (laughs) Probably that's the only interest you have. That's only a part of it. Life is much bigger, vaster, more deep than mere 
pleasure. And the civilization culture has made pleasure as the most dominant, powerful thing in life. So let's consider what is love in human relationship. When you look at the map of human beings, man, woman, man and woman in relationship with their neighbour, with their state, with their… all the rest of it. What place has this thing called love in relationship? Has it any place at all in actuality? Because life is relationship. Life is action in relationship, right? And what places love in that action? Are we sharing together all this? Please do. It's your life. Don't waste your life. You have short years and don't waste it. And you are wasting it. And it's a sad thing to see this happen. So what place has love in relationship? And life is action in relationship, right? What is relationship? God, there's so much to talk about. What killer it is? Undici un quattro. Right, sorry. Eleven, eleven. What place has love in relationship? And what is a relationship? To be related. That means to respond adequately, completely to each other. The meaning of that word relationship is to be related. Related means direct contact with another human being, both psychologically as well as physiologically, direct contact. Are we related at all with each other? I may be married, have children, sex and all the rest of the business. And am I related at all? And what am I related to? I am related to the image that I have built about you or her. Please watch this. Do watch it. And she is related to me according to the image that she has about me. Right? So, these two images have relationship. And, in, and that Imaginary relationship is called love, right? See how, how absurd we have made the whole thing.
That's a fact. That's not a cynical description. I have built the image about her through years or ten days or a week, or one day is enough. And she has done the same thing. And the cruelty of it. You understand? The ugliness, the brutality, the viciousness of these images that we have about each other. And this, the contact of these two images is called relationship. Therefore, there is always a battle between the man and the woman, the one trying to dominate the other. Having dominated, a culture is built around that domination. The matriarchal system or the man system. You know all this going on. This and is that love? Then if it is, then love is merely a a word that has no meaning. Because love is not pleasure, jealousy, envy, division between man and woman, one dominating the other, one driving the other, possessing the other, attached to the other. This certainly is not love. It is just a matter of convenience and exploitation. And this we have accepted as the norm of life. And when you observe it, really observe it, totally aware of it, then you will say that you will never build an image. Whatever she or you do, there is no image for you. Therefore, perhaps, out of that comes an extraordinary flower, the flowering of this thing called love. And it does happen. And that love has nothing to do with my or your. It is love. And when you have that, then you will never send your children to be killed, to train in the army. You understand all this? then you will produce quite a different kind of civilization, a different culture, different human beings, man and woman. The third extract is from Krishnamurti's third talk in Sanan, 1975 titled, Is Love a Movement in Time? Is love, in the field of reality, and in that field of reality there is confusion when there is attachment, conflict, pain, suffering, then what is the relationship between two human beings? You follow? in that field of reality, in which there is no attachment. Right? What is your answer? Answer it to yourself, not all of you answer to me. (laughs) What is your answer? If there is no attachment, not 
detachment, callousness, indifference. That is the opposite. And therefore, what the opposite is always is part of its own opposite. I wonder if you see that. The opposite is part of its own opposite. Therefore, opposites have no meaning. I wonder. So, what is relationship between human beings when there is no attachment? Attachment brings the pain, the conflict, the contradiction, the isolation. And that that brings about disorder in the world of reality. And one must have complete order in the world of reality, because we are going to much we are going to something, when you have established order here in the world of reality, then you can move. But if you have, not, if you have no order here, you can't possibly go further. So we must establish order in the field of reality. And that order comes when we go into this question of, de- of attachment, between human beings, attachment not only between human beings, between conclusions, ideas, suppositions, <coughs> theories, beliefs and so on. Now what is the relationship between two human beings when there is total freedom from attachment? Because we said attachment is one of the causes of great suffering, pain. (coughs) What is it? Do you want my answer? Or are you facing, looking at the actuality? The actuality means what what is actually taking place. And therefore, you are observing with care, with respect, not casually, and come back to it, which is disrespect. You are watching it completely, with complete attention, with care. That is, what is the human relationship between each other when there is no attachment at all? Is it love? Then it is, then it has no continuity in time. You understand? <clears throat> I'm, I'm related to you. Wife, husband, God knows what else. I'm really completely free from attachment. I have no attachment. Belief, conclusion, ideas, persons, knowledge. And yet, we live together. What takes place there? I'm asking, is that love? Love being not A, a series of conclusions, therefore remembrances, therefore a process of time. 
which is thought. That is, is that love a timeless movement? A timeless, no movement means time, a, a timeless Don't, don't please, find out. I'm going to find out. A timeless... Yes, I've got it. A time... Love is then... is timeless therefore now. I wonder if you understand that. See, when we use the word timeless, we mean... Let's begin. Time means movement, from here to there, physically as well as psychologically. From here to there, to cover the distance. That's a movement. And my whole conditioning is from here to there, psychologically as well as physically. Physically I must become uh, more, more clever. I must become the uh, chief executive or I must become the foreman or the shop steward, or the manager, or something or other, archbishop, or the pope, they're all the same category. So my mind is conditioned in the movement of time, and I have lived in that movement, as the me and the you. I am attached to you, and out of that attachment there is great disorder and suffering. And that suffering, that pain, that jealousy, all that I have call, called love, And I see also that out of, when there is this emptiness, and I'm totally aware of it, then I'm asking what is my relationship with another? Is it of the same order as before, or is it something totally new, which thought cannot think out? If it's thought out, then it is limited, then we're back again to the same old mess. Therefore, so, so is love a movement in time, or is it totally out of time? Which means there is no future, no past, only now. And the now has tremendous responsibility. I wonder if you see that. The responsibility which we know is the responsibility of the word. Let, first, let's explain what that word "response" means. To respond adequately. That's the meaning of to respond. In our relationship in the world of reality, there is no total response, obviously. If there were total response, there would be total relationship. And as there is no total response, our relationship is fragmentary, 
contradictory, isolated, bringing pain and all the rest. Where there is no attachment, in relationship there is total response. That means total responsibility. Total responsibility for the whole of mankind, not just you and me. And that may be called love. The fourth extract is from the third talk at Brockwood Park in 1985, titled With the Ending of Sorrow is Love. As long as we are separate as a family, as a community, or a clique, as a nation, religious, and so on, this division is going to create always perpetually conflict. You and me, we and they, you see our game we have been playing. It was tribal, limited, now it's global. So we're asking ourselves, is there an end to sorrow? So I'll put this question seriously for yourself. Because without, where there is sorrow, there cannot be love. There can be sympathy, pity, tolerance, empathy, but generosity, pity, sympathy is not love. Love may contain all that or have all that, but their dark parts don't make the whole. can collect all this sympathy, empathy, kindness, generosity, friendship. But that's not love. So, is there an end to sorrow? And it requires immense, great deal of energy to go into it not just say it, and think about it. Thinking may be the factor of sorrow. My son is dead, and I've got his photograph in the mantelpiece or in the piano in the silver frame. I remember. Remembrance in the process of thought. Thinking how we enjoyed the sunset together, how we walked in the forest, laughing, skipping, and he's gone. But the remembrance of him goes on. <coughs> and that remembrance may be the fact of sorrow. I don't want to admit my son is dead, God. To admit such a fact, to admit utter loneliness. And we don't want to face this good fact of being uttered by oneself. And so I look for another. I rely 
for my happiness, satisfaction, sexually or otherwise, look to another. And I play the same game over and over again. But I've not ended sorrow. Not I, the speaker, but we have not ended sorrow. Sorrow is not only self-pity, self-interest, but also the loss of that which I have, the loss, the failure to fulfill, to achieve, to gain something which I have worked for, not only physically but psychologically, inwardly. All this implied in sorrow and much more. And we are asking of ourselves, nobody is putting this question or demand, this challenge to you, but you are asking this of yourself, whether sorrow can end. Not only the sorrow of oneself, of where it is there in oneself, but also the sorrow of mankind, of what you are. That means no killing another, of another. No psychological wounding another. Yes, sir. As we said, where there is sorrow, there cannot be love, which is a fact. So we ought to inquire, or look, not inquire, but look, where, what is love? That word has been so used, so spat upon, dirtied and made ugly. I love my country. I love my God. I am devoted. I pray for love. Right? I am not loved, but I want to be loved. The love poem is love sensation yourself all these questions. Is love a continuation and remembrance of pleasure? Is love desire? You know what desire is? May I go into briefly? What is desire by which we are driven and riven, torn apart? What is that thing called desire? Not to suppress it, not to transmute it or do something with it. But what is the movement of desire? How does it come about? Are you putting this question to yourself or do you want the speaker to explain? For God's sake. Let's go into it. We live by sensation, whether physical sensation or psychological sensation. Sensation is part of response, part of 
comparison and so on, sensation, I sense, feel, I sense the atmosphere, good or bad, sensation, right? That sensation comes about through seeing, touching, hearing, and then what happens after sensation? Thought comes in and uses that sensation as an image. Right? I see a nice house or a garden or a nice picture of furniture or a nice woman. And there is sensation, the sea. The observing. Observing, content, then sensation comes. Unless there is sensation, we are paralyzed, as most of us are. We are paralyzed if we don't have sensation in our legs, in our heads, in our all the rest of it. So, sensation. Then, what happens? Thought takes sensation and makes that into an image. Right? I see you beautifully dressed, clean, healthy, bright. Good, a good brain and all the rest of that. I see that. The way you dress, the way you do this and that and so on. Then thought says, I wish I were like him or her. At that moment, desire is born. Right? Sensation, then desire, uh, then thought giving shape to that sensation. And if there is an interval between sensation and thought, then you can go into it much more, but not now. You understand? Are we somewhat together in this? Yeah, you see, sir, our difficulty is we are so complex in our thinking. So want to find out. Always looking, 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 finding an answer, problem, solution, how am I to do this? We are never simple. Not physically, for God, don't reduce having some food, little clothes of food, or eating one meal and all that. But see that kind of food that's called? Forgotten the name of it, you know, from Japan. What's that? Huh? Macrobiotic. Macrobiotic. <laughs> Go crazy on that. <laughs> Everyone goes crazy about yoga and all the rest of it. Tai Chi, you know, they play. We're not playing. This isn't a fantasy. This is something you are hoping. This is our life. Our everyday, lonely, ugly little life. So what is love? And love exists where there is hate and fear, where there is competition and comparison, where there is conformity, agreeing or disagreeing, 
نوعی تونده بودن آریز لب نکنی شده بود تونده is not something in the brain inside the skull or is it something entirely beyond thought and time and where there is self-interest that cannot be lost Obviously, we can see that all this for oneself. Then what relationship has love with sorrow? And can love be compassion? Not only I love you, you love me. Love is not yours or mine, it's love. Right? I may be married to myself and all the rest of it. And all that there may be tenderness, generosity, politeness, kindliness, yielding. Tolerating. That's not all that is not love. So compassion and love are not in, are not separate, they are one. And can one live like that? You understand? Can one have this? one's life, not in abstract moment or in moments when you are sitting by yourself on the sofa or walking in the woods, a flash, a, a scent, a perfume that seems for a second to transform your whole existence. Compassion has its own intelligence. Not the compassion of a man going out to India or to Africa and do some missionary work or helping the poor, desperate poor. That's not love. Where there is love, there is absolute freedom. Not to do what you like. Not to say, assert yourself, or convert others, all that kind of silly stuff. So, that intelligence is not the intelligence of thought, right? One needs a great deal of intelligence, tremendous lot of intelligence, to go to the moon or to put a submarine together, to build a computer, right? That's a partial intelligence. The scientist, the painter, the poet, the ordinary person who bakes a bread, it's part intelligence. It's not complete intelligence. And that holistic intelligence, the whole quality of that intelligence can only come about in the, with the ending of sorrow and love. And that acts, not the action which is partial, brought about by thought and time.
The final extract this week is from Krishnamurti's second talk in Bombay in 1983, titled Is There Love in Your Heart? What does it mean to love another? Relationship means to love another. What does that word mean? We use that word in advertisements. You see it, I love Coca-Cola, or I love this and I love that, I love God, I love my Guru. What does that love mean? Is it based on reward and punishment? Look at it, sirs. Because, for we are always caught between the two, reward and punishment. I follow the Guru because he's going to promise me heaven, give me comfort. I don't do this because he's going to punish me, so we're caught in this. Is relationship a reward and Punishment process? Is love a movement of that? So think it. Or we never meet your wife and your husband never. except physically, never psychologically meet. And because we never meet, there is conflict. Right? That is, to meet your wife or your husband, your children, your neighbour, at the same time, at the same level, with the same intensity, that's love. Do you understand this? Do you understand this, sir? Not physically, I don't mean that. To meet somebody, you must meet him, if he's also willing, at the same time at the same level, with the same intensity. Then that is relationship. But if you are ambitious, you follow that path, becoming noble, ignoble, you know, all the rest of it, and she also follows another path, you naturally, you may be married, have children, and all the rest of it, but you never meet. And that breeds a sense of desperate loneliness. Don't you know all this? When I have no relationship with anyone, with my wife, with my boss, with my foreman, when I have no relationship at all with anybody, because I am self-centred, my actions are self-centred, my wife is also self-centred. So in that self-centredness, the lack of relationship brings about great loneliness. And discovering that loneliness, then we make out of that loneliness into a problem. What am I to do when I am lonely? Right? And your brain is ready to solve the problem. But you never 
rest with that loneliness. You never inquire the cause of it. So where there is love there is no loneliness. Unless you love your wife, she's the most extraordinary, your husband, whatever it is, where there is love in your heart, then there is no problem, because you haven't got it, you have a thousand problems. Having stated that, don't make it into a problem. Look at the fact. The fact is that we are not sensitive, that we don't have the depth of beauty. Not pictures, painting, no, I don't mean that. The depth of beauty. And the fact is that we don't love. to look at it, to remain with it, to see that it is so, not evade it, not try to rationalize it. It is so that I don't love my wife. You know what that means to say that to yourself? You should cry. I want to cry for you. So, sir, <clears throat> it's like two parallel lines never meeting, and therefore increasing conflict day after day till you die. And to see the fact that there is no love in your heart. To have the mind in your heart, mind in your heart, not the heart in your mind. You see the difference? Because we are so clever, we'll make love, we think love then can be achieved cultivated. Love is not something to cultivate. Either there is or there isn't. If there isn't, look at it. Hold it. See, realize what you are without love in your heart. You are just one, just then becomes a machine. Insensitive, vulgar, coarse, only concerned with sex and pleasure. So please, I am not harassing you, I am not scolding you, I am just pointing out what has happened to you. Your knowledge, your books have destroyed you, because love is not bought in the books. It doesn't lie with knowledge. Knowledge and love don't go together. When you say, I know my wife, that's your knowledge, which is your image about her. That knowledge 
is put together by thought, and thought is not love. So having stated all this, do you have love in your heart, or is it something romantic, nonsensical, impractical, valueless, it doesn't give you any money, that's a, that is so? So having heard all this, is there, is there a comprehension of the depth of that world? So that your mind is in the heart, and then you have right relationship. When you have right relationship, and which means love, you can never go wrong. There is, you can do what you like, then everything is right. 